Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing and share their stories by outstanding content. Hello team, Fab here, founder of Creative Impact and your host of the Make an Impact show. And today I have with me the Incredibobs, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Fab. How are you? I am great. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Excited for this episode for sure. How are we feeling when it comes to, I was thinking about obviously the, the interviewee of today and I was thinking about you know, keeping inspired and obviously keeping motivated, especially during these times where everything is so uncertain. So I was wondering, what is your approach when it comes to the topic of, we're going to call it self-help and personal development. How do you find that element of self-help and personal development in your life? Oh gosh, such a big question. <laughs> I, think, I think it does come down to the small actions you can do every day though, rather than focusing on the huge huge tasks to kind of show yourself some self-love it's about all the little things you can do every day like if you like a coffee to kind of sit and have that for 10 minutes and go outside and have it on your balcony if possible and just really helping yourself every day in ways like that I mean I don't know what do you do every day to make yourself feel good I think there is an element of obviously just that self-love element of just taking the time to actually enjoy the little things but also I try as much as possible. I say I try because um, anyway, I have to be honest here, but to learn something new. So to always like, like whether it's reading for 15 to 20 minutes and reading something that is actually helping me learn something or listening to something, whether it's a podcast, whether it's like some blinks, which is like short uh, summaries of self-help books actually. But I try to do that. So that element of learning to me is key, trying new things or learning new things. And that's a big way for me to feel like I am, putting a bit of time into growing 
um, and that's a big element that says, okay, I took the time for myself in that way, which I know is a bit weird. <laughs> it's not face masks, yeah. put it that way. It's definitely good. It's um, yeah, it just kind of helps you to kind of expand your horizons, just like broaden your knowledge, and you find your interest in new things that maybe you didn't even know you were. Yeah, it's true, and it's actually something that again our guest today tony does very well with shelf help which is the company that she created and the community that she built up is really helping others that have a passion for learning new things from experts from people that obviously have been writing incredible books and just sharing that with a wider audience and i think when i think about it obviously now is a bit different to looking retrospectively but it wasn't something that was really big five or six years ago we're not really looking to read those kind of books and to get that sort of inspiration. But I think so many people now are just interested in better themselves almost. Yeah, I agree. Well, even two years ago, maybe people self-love and self-help were kind of seen as a bit indulgent. Whereas now we actually see they are a central part of everyday life and yeah, helping ourselves every day is the best thing we can do. Well, in that case, I think there is nothing better than actually getting down to the episode, listening to Tony has so many suggestions. <laughs> Obviously, that's part of what she does. She read the book, she gets to know the authors. So there's loads of elements that she talks about throughout her journey. And I think her journey can really inspire you because I don't know how much you know about Tony, Amy. Do you know a lot about her? She was actually one of our events before. Yes, that's why I know her. But I don't know much about her background, actually, apart from her being at our events. So she will talk a bit more about her background. I can tell you one thing that she was actually, she still is a journalist, but she was a journalist for big publications as well, big newspapers. So mm-hmm. she has that background and she kind of came from the element of uh, accessing information and digesting news. And she's now repurposing that in the way that she helps other people with self-help. So it was a really cool story, very interesting story. And guys, I hope you're going to love it. Thank you so much, Ames, for being with me today, as per. Thank um, you. My absolute pleasure. And guys, let's kick off with the show. Thank you, Tony, for being with me today. Thank you for hosting me, actually, today. How are you doing? I'm really good, actually. I've had an interesting week. Today, I was telling you earlier that I've got had to dress for um, an interview with you. And then I'm going to afternoon tea with a shaman. Shaman yeah. Jurek, he's got a book coming out. Um, and then I'm going to a gig tonight. So my outfit is a bit party, a bit practical. <laughs> a bit of sparkle. <laughs> a bit of sparkle, always. <laughs> well, you know that I was telling you about the double recording. Um, well, because we were talking about, obviously, um, journalist background, mm-hmm. your, your journalistic background, which you'll tell us a bit more about. And then my past as a journalist and doing music mainly this mm-hmm. is why you really know the power of double recording because you don't you, you didn't use the laptop obviously i was at gigs i was following the band around and i always would have the phone and then the record the, you know the old old ones i don't know if you ever had those that are like old recorders yeah, yeah sure so that's you always like use dictaphone both. kind yeah, of thing exactly yeah. you know, dictaphone always use both so that's why now bless her tony's got 70 million devices pointing at her face um <laughs> and i've got for notebooks because I'm so old school <laughs> I just scribble everything down <laughs> but that's kind of like the funny I think it's one of those things again I, can, I don't know when you stop considering yourself a journalist if ever um, yeah that's that's a good question because I was thinking about um today and what I was gonna what do I say that I do and I find that I found that really hard ever since leaving so I left full-time journalism about five or six years ago yeah so my last full-time job was at the Mail Online I was one yeah. of the female editors there and before that, yeah, so I'd spent 15 years, roughly, as a full-time journalist. 
Um, and now I kind of, I still write. I suppose I'm a content creator. Yeah. I'm still a writer. And I suppose I'm still a journalist because I, just, I still love getting stories. And, I, and I'm using loads of the skills that I've learned as a journalist, you know, working on newspapers. So the skills that I'm using now are things like into skills, um, get, getting the stories, sharing the stories. I suppose it's just in different ways, yeah? So I'm share, I might be sharing the story through an Instagram post or through a blog post. Exactly. Or um, at an event. Like, I love interviewing people at live events because you're getting the reaction and, the, and, you're, and you're able to share it with all these people. So all of that is journalism, I would say, still, right? I guess it's also kind of like that element of, I don't know if it is, but when you come from a family, you have been an actual journalist in a way like again the funny thing about job titles now that you don't have one you create your own you kind of feel like okay maybe i cannot slightly define whether i can fit in or not because i've been doing it anyway mm. i don't know you cannot really call yourself a doctor if you're not you could yeah, but you know point. a lot of people raise up raise their eyebrows i never done like <laughs> i never went to like journalism school or in even like a degree in journalism but i've been yeah. writing for like you know music magazines for six years so i felt like okay I can put myself in there because I've been published and stuff like that. So it's kind of like really funny how the actual world of creating content online has changed. And like you are a writer, but then maybe you're not a journalist because you're not featured in publications. But nevertheless, you know, I don't know when it's going to level the playing field when it comes to um, the association with expertise, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. I don't know. I don't know if it does need to be leveled, but I understand what you mean about it's a label yeah. and it's a title. I mean, journalism is a profession, I suppose. But I would say, you know, if you're if you're published, if you're published and you're writing news, then you're a journalist. And so that could be self-published. I suppose what comes with um, being published and being paid to write is that that gives you credibility because somebody's they're paying you to do it right so yeah, it's a yeah, job yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you get paid to write it's a job um but yeah i, f- I mean i find it I f- the making up your own job title is like it's brilliant and it's also kind of terrifying isn't it because you're right it's the kind of you said you even said a real journalist so that like and kind of gave us the, 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 uh, the fingers marks, yeah. <laughs> Always yeah. marks. and some people don't care about that like some people don't care that they're they're an influencer and that they they don't need to call themselves a real journalist to be able to make a difference and make an impact as you talk about um other people like i still am struggling with um who am i to talk about self-help i, I didn't go to self-help school i just <laughs> read a shit lot of it right um but i read and i use a lot of it and so what i'm doing is sharing what i'm learning and i'm interviewing the experts so i'm maybe not the expert how how do you define expert it's something you know, i know a lot about it's something i want to share but yeah i still kind of when people say what do you do it's like oh I do this and that and like all these other things but uh I suppose now I can say I'm a founder which I yeah. love and I love to say that because it kind of like gives you that element of like the, the baby the baby yeah, it's my thing exactly that's, that's yeah. the baby attached to it as well yeah. now I have another question about storytelling yeah, I was that's... thinking because you obviously tell stories yeah you tell stories for people and then you read stories that are told yeah I find that and correct me if I'm wrong obviously talking about the actual books you talk about for shelf help as well I find that I relate more, which I talk about in my book, with stories. Yeah. And I know why, because it's actually wired psychologically in our brain. But I also find that it's just such a nice carrier for the lessons, instead yeah. of just giving me the lessons totally. as a bullet point of the like, university lecture. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering how, you know, what, what do you think makes a good story? You can talk about like emotions and personal, but maybe also like the actual structure or the flow. I'm just interested to see what, yeah, what makes I think, somebody who writes a lot of them and experiences them in so many ways. I think a good story for me is about connection 
always. Um, so it could be a story about what you had for breakfast, but if you give me enough detail and enough, um, and I kind of using all my senses, so what did it look like, what did it smell like, what did it taste like, kind of to get somebody into a story is about connecting with them. And I think with self-help, quite often you connect with people by sharing your own story and it being relatable. Yes. So um, you know, the best, the most, the best experts that I listen to now and that I learn from are people that have had their own struggles and their, their story has helped shape them into what they are now and what they're doing now. So, um, yeah, it's like it's being relatable, it's connecting um, and it's, it's sharing the detail and being kind of raw and, I suppose, authentic and kind of vulnerable, which is really hard for most of us, right? 100%. What would you say is your story has shelf help? Not as, you know, as you, but like, I'm thinking about the era journey of Campbell. You remember the era journey? No. Um, so Joseph Campbell's. Um, oh, the, the hero. Yeah, the hero's like, journey. Sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful accent. I was like, sorry, the, like, what journey? The hero's it, journey. Yes, I love it. The Talk about it. <laughs> so that's kind of where, 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 how do you think the hero's journey can kind of like, you know, encompass what shelf help was, you know, when it comes to that change that you had to make in your life, the little leap that you had to take? What would you yeah. think is your story when it comes to it, from just writing, being a journalist, and then into actually developing self-help and then making it your baby? Yeah, baby. well, um, I suppose when I was thinking about today and I was thinking about what does, what does making an impact mean to me, and I think making an impact means using your skills and gifts to create or to give the world something it needs. Yeah. And I started self-help two years ago because it's just been our birthday um so happy birthday to us um I started it because it was something I needed so I've been read this is when I I was freelance at the time so I'd gone from a full-on very intense um career in in journalism and it was like at the at the the kind of what's what's the word the front of the front line I would call it of journalism (laughs) if you compare it to that uh so it's like deadlines all day every day being told what to do being and kind of delivering because that that's how I work really well and then I'd gone freelance and I was sitting at home sitting there writing by myself all day every day which for loads of writers is the actual is the dream right yeah but I just could I just just lost my shit basically <laughs> Get me out <laughs> of here. Like, some people like I call it like a bit of like a, a mental health black hole slash lost my shit um <laughs> just got a bit lost because it's like I'd never done that I've never spent all that time by myself and also I was really unsure of what I was doing because I just pulled myself out of this career as a journalist and I got to editor level um and then the next level after that would be a higher editor you know or a different publication um, and that wasn't right for me and I knew that but I didn't know what I needed I didn't know what, what was right so I kind of took myself out and then got in this a bit of a tangle and then self-help is one of the things that really helped kind of pull me out of that and then I was just learning all this stuff and then my my real friends were like getting bored of me talking about it so <laughs> I kind of I needed some t- some new friends to talk about <laughs> self-help with Be so I was like I know I'm gonna start a self-help book club so um, originally it just started as a local book club. Well, actually, this is a bit where the magic comes in. Um, yeah. So I'm a member of Soho House. I'm really lucky that, that that's been my office. Um, and I go to the one in Chiswick and I was there a lot because I was freelance. And they said, oh, we need some more events. Have you got any ideas? And this was at the time that I had this idea for this book club. Yeah. So then I blurted it out and said <laughs> to someone, I've got this idea for a how about a self-help book club where we talk to the authors. And, and they said, yeah, OK, do it next month. 
and then suddenly I had a deadline, which is the thing that I kind of thrive on, right? So I suppose the journey started with me thinking, I need this, it doesn't exist, maybe I could make it. And then I kind of, then you start thinking small and then, and then by putting it out there, by telling somebody about it, then I had a deadline. So within a week, I probably made my website, which is still the same website today, but I'd made my website, got some branding, got some merch, found an author, um, hustled some people together for a guest list. And then I had, I had a thing, right? Yeah. And that was two years ago. And then it, the things just hasn't stopped growing. So, which is kind of like, the or growth has been totally organic um, because I think if you can think of something you need, other people probably need it too. That is the gap in the market. That's what we call in totally. very marketing yeah, yeah. <laughs> terms. But it is the gap in the market and usually it fits. But it's something that I heard, oh, well, you said as well, to be honest, but I hear all the time, which is like, finding what really you find struggle with or what really was your kind of like eye-opening moment or your tool that helps you or whatever mm. is literally what you will find out you come back to again and again and again when it comes to ways to make as you say making an impact means making a pot in my opinion mainly having a positive influence mm. on other people so whatever really changed your life for the best is what you want to rave about yes that like people do when they join a group or like a running club it's a similar thing. You just, exactly. It's just about, you know, as you say, taking that vision into kind of like something bigger and aligning yeah. the accountability element. So the deadline almost became an accountability. Yeah, well, it totally was. That's how I, and I still work best like that. So I need to give, I'm like, like learn to give myself deadlines. Um, but one of the biggest topics that comes up again and again in our, at our meetups and kind of on the Facebook group and everything is about purpose. Yes. And, um, and now my job, I get to interview loads of people, which is great. But I interview a lot of founders and all the questions from the from the audience to the founders are always about purpose and about how did you know what you should be doing and, yeah, yeah. and how do you what happened? Like, and I think we all think there's going to be this like light bulb moment <laughs> of, oh, this is why I'm on the planet. And I, in my experience, that doesn't ever happen. It's <laughs> like it's like find it's great to follow your passion some of us don't know what we're most passionate about so because when you think about it like that it's almost so overwhelming but I think what the way to find your purpose find your real passion is to just follow your curiosity like what do you love like what do you spend your time doing um Rebecca Campbell who um is light is a new black she's all about kind of um I love her stuff and like one of hers was one of the books that someone gave me to read that like blew my mind when I was first getting a bit more um like learning a bit more about spirituality and kind of about myself and one of the questions she asks in that book is um what do you pay to do like, what do you love so much you pay to do it? Yeah. Some people, it's like, I don't know, go to cycle or go I go, I go out dancing every Saturday night. Um, and is it because you love the music? Well, if it is, yeah. maybe that's where your passion and purpose lies, you know? Is it because you love getting together with people? Is it, and it's kind of follow, just do as many things as you can. Like one of the books that we covered this year at Shelf Help was Designing Your Life. And it's by oh, two yeah. guys. Oh, I don't yeah, know if you've yeah, heard, yeah, of it, I heard of it, but it's it's brilliant, and it went down really well because it's by two guys that um, run a course at Stanford Uni, um, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans, and they started this course because uh, they're both also product designers. So they're yeah. like, you should design your life like you would design a product, which is you kind of like try loads of different versions before yes. you get to the answer, right? Um, and originally they designed it for students at Stanford who'd majored in something like, I don't know, business or economics or whatever. And then they were like, what am I actually going to do with my life, though? Yes. And it's kind of like, well, what makes you happy? What lights you up? But their finding is 
just like we've just talked about, it's not one thing. Like there's not one, there's not one perfect life for you, Fab. There's not one perfect life for me. There might be a hundred different, a hundred thousand different things you could do that will make you happy, which is, I think is so empowering to know that because I think some of us think, you know, it's like, like we think there's the one love, yeah. there's the one life. And if I, if I mess it up, then, or if I miss that chance, then, oh no, that's it. I'm, you know, but it's like, it's not, it's not the case. There's all these different, there's so many infinite possibilities of great stuff out there that we can try. So um, I loved that book because it kind of highlighted that. I love the question, yeah, what do you, what, what, what do you pay to do? Um, from my point of view as well, I think um, part, a big part of my story was realising that you're never too old to make a change or to make a difference. Like I kind of just started, I've somehow managed to make a job out of talking about self-help and throwing parties, which is like, which is my dream. But like 10 years ago, I never would have thought that would happen. Yeah. But 10 years ago, I also thought that I was in this job for life yes. and I was miserable. And I was like, oh shit, well, this is my life. This is, you know, I wanted to be on a newspaper. I wanted to be an editor and now I am. And it's, maybe it's not that great, but <laughs> I've worked hard to get here. So I'll just keep going up the ladder, right? And it was only, I suppose for me, it was when I kind of looked at my bosses and was like, I don't want your life. So I don't, you know, I don't, it's like, so then to start to take myself out of that and have a think about what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to feel when I wake up? Who do I want to spend time with? Um, I can't even remember the original question. (laughs) 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 That's probably not you got a good answer. That's what I say. That's what you're thinking. Oh, this is going to be fun to edit. (laughs) There's no need to edit it. That, 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 that's, that's where the flow goes. You know, go with the flow, bruv. Well, that's the, the thing. The when you like, you follow your passion. Like, self-help is my like talking about yeah. stuff like that. It's just, I just love it, and I love the fact that through this job that I've kind of created, like you say, it's like you could we can make our own job titles, right? Which yeah. is brilliant. Um, I'm learning about myself at the same time, and I think what makes self-help so kind of successful is. I, I don't know all the answers and I don't pretend to. So yeah. I'm kind of like at the same time as if you're reading a book along with us, if you're reading of the book of the month, this month is the source and it's all about manifestation and law of attraction, but also how your brain works. Yeah. Um, so through this book, I've learned that my brain is like so heavily skewed to logic over intuition or emotion because that's how I've um, I just kind of growing up. That's just how I dealt with loads of stuff. I was just practical and like dealt with things and organized. And like the emotion and the intuition was just, I didn't really let it let it be part of my life. So through this book, I have learned that when I do an event, it needs to be totally organised. Otherwise, I'm not able to be creative yeah. and not able to like interact with people as well. So it's like I need to I now need to a be super organised myself and b have someone else doing that with me. So um, like another lesson in making an impact that I've learned is you can't do it on your own. So before I've always been like trying to be all over everything. I don't think I would say I'm, I'm not a control freak, but I, I, I like to know that everything's happening. You know, I love a spreadsheet. I like I to- I think there are different ways of control freak. That's the thing, you know those words like <laughs> influencer. Yeah. Think about it, bad connotation, therefore yeah. you're trying to separate yourself from it. Reframe it. If you reframe it, it's just like you have an element of you know, kind of knowing what's going on makes you feel like you, you know, you have a plan. So it's kind yeah, of like, yeah. that, that, like my, that there's more management in your brain than some others. So for me, like I say, sometimes I'm a control freak and then I catch myself and I'm like, well, that that makes me sound like I don't like being a control freak. Yeah. But I like being able to be organized. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's just like the way that you work. So Definitely. That's how I see it. And yeah. I appreciate because I'm very similar to you. It just creates a bit more ease. Yeah. I think. I, I think I think you're really good from what I've seen, having been to some of your <laughs> brilliant events and also dealing with your team yeah. you uh, I want to be like I want to be you when I grow up right I want like, <laughs> like organizing this I'm, get, I'm getting emails from like different people on like a very professional you know like with a calendar invite and all that kind yeah. of stuff and it's like um, you are approachable you are the face of the brand you are the head of the brand but it's like but you're running it as a business yeah. and it's like that's something I'm having to learn and also well kind darling of, it took me six years I oh, did it okay you're your number two <laughs> But, it's, no, but, but people are amazing, right? And you, you can't know everything and you can't do everything. Like, that's not my best use of my skills. It's not always doing the different parts. So building a community and when people say, can I help you? Say, yeah, okay. And then give it, you know, and like letting those people in and help, letting them help you. And that's been, that's been a bit like learning for me, I suppose. What I will tell you actually on that, you cannot do it on your own. I don't know if a lot of it is actually control or control freak, again, quotation marks, where it's also an element of learning to trust Mm. people yeah. that you know like in a relationship that is not the kind of like us old school people lol uh, <laughs> but it's true like I think we were again I'm speaking for you as well so but correct me if I'm wrong a lot of my friendships when I was teenager if not early adult young adult were very much in person I would get to know somebody I would get you know a bit of relationship I would meet them a few times whether it's a friend or like a love interest it was a different kind of building relationship so a lot of the time and that was how our workplace was done there was like mm-hmm. longer internships longer uh, probation periods now everything is much faster for any kind of relationship that you're dealing with yeah friends family work so not only like our trust is challenged when we ask for help mm. but also whether it is a VA or a team member you sometimes as you said we ask for help or we really need it not when we think we should start asking for help so, yeah it's more like SOS <laughs> so the time is constrained and you are literally asking yourself to trust something and plunging into the unknown mm. but it's still a person and just like everything else the match could work and the match could not work yeah so I think trust is a very important thing to remember when it comes to asking for help and the fact that you're constantly working on yourself to be able to trust people mm. and appreciate like that you know if something doesn't go well once it doesn't mean that you're not gonna be able to trust somebody again yeah exactly. but our brain doesn't realize whether it's a friendship or a work relationship mm. to us trust is trust yeah it? Working and well-being, though, has been, I mean, I think this shouldn't be a surprise, but people are nice. I know, right? Everybody says <laughs> that. Like, it's true. Because, like, like you say, old school. Like I was just saying to you before, am I, am I the oldest person who's been on this podcast? Which I take as a badge of honour, because I don't, I don't care about getting older. But, um, uh, yeah, I just, what was I talking about? Um, sorry. <laughs> After we, like, start track on yeah, the age. Yeah, on um, Old school, being old school, in, in the way that we connect with people. Yeah, I forgot, totally forgotten what I was going to say, but it was really good. <laughs> You're tangenting like I do. I always come on, I run off a tangent and I like I stare in the distance. Um, but no, when we're talking about relationships, if it, if it comes back up, just like... Yeah, I know, and asking like a team and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, no. She got so, it. So, you can probably edit this bit. Uh, so being in wellness and being... I shouldn't be surprised that people are actually really nice. Yeah. Like having worked for in news and also having worked in fashion I was fashion editor at a newspaper for a long time oh was it fashion um, yeah fashion and well fashion and features because I think when you're working on a newspaper or a news site or whatever whatever you do whether you're travel or female or fashion or whatever it's all about news so it's uh, you're kind of always kind of chasing the news story yeah, whatever kind of, of like yeah. business or you know yeah, sustainability whatever well, I guess yeah 
yeah, but I'm working in fashion. Yeah, it was like, it was definitely very cutthroat and it was really kind of, it was really mean girls and working in newspapers. Um, when I, I went to the Sun newspaper for a long time and that was actually very supportive. Went to the Mail Online, Mail not so supportive. <laughs> like it was just kind of, it was very, um, there, it's, like, it's kind of everyone's, it's just protective, isn't it? We're all just trying to protect your own story. So yeah. I suppose okay, it's, I see. it's that kind of like you're protecting your reputation, you're protecting everything. So it's like, so you don't like to share anything and you don't want to trust anyone because they might just steal your contacts or, and that was the way that it just kind of rolled. So now being in wellness and being in well-being, um, I love it. And because it's like, it's really collaborative. Like True. you, like you and I can be friends, even though our businesses might be, would they, I don't know, they're not competition necessarily, yeah, but, you could but we're both eventually. doing a similar, yeah, you yeah. know, we're both creating content, we're both putting stuff out there. In the in my old kind of, so, so I suppose the old system in my head, it'd be like, that would be something you wouldn't want to talk too much to somebody about what was going on. Whereas now, um, like you talked about a VA, yeah. I've just just interviewed a VA this morning and, oh, that, and I got her, she was recommended to me from Kim who runs the Clementine app, yeah. who's, um, I reached out to because I just loved her story online. So this is someone I've just met online, we're doing similar things, she's shared a contact with me who's now going to help me and I just think that's so collaborative and helpful and useful. So, you know, being able to support each other and connect with each other and use that in a positive way has been really good for me. And that comes to the, and then, as you said, like, and then you can kind of like find it from a contact, something else comes up and something else comes yeah. up. And I think it's such a big thing when it comes to, you know, I guess like businesses and brands like ours at the end of the day, in order to kind of tell these stories is all about being able to kind of know what is really resonating with other people. And I find that there's always like a funny um, people talking about, you know, things like, um, uh, word of mouth marketing which I always forget the name because now people don't call it anymore like that but it is it is literally how again information is spread again mm. coming from my book one of the bits of research that I've done wasn't why it works so well and it's all because of the the relationship the, the, trust, the trust that we have yeah. with other people so when it comes to really being able to share content and share stories especially mm. in my opinion you have to find you know the stories that you know are going to resonate with your audience and again you probably know as much as I do being a journalist Sometimes you change the story, sometimes you have to find out what's going on. So there's always an element of you also being able to, on top of everything, mm. knowing what's going on around you. And it's such a fast-paced world. Yeah, I remember the first times we kind of started like doing some bits and bobs together, I did ask you, I think I did ask you as well, I don't know where, if I have to be honest, whether it was an article or stuff, but I did ask you about like, you know why like self-help books have become so popular again and then I was thinking about that again right after I published my book because I was doing some research and I was like man it's growing even more mm. it's crazy the amount of um because obviously you can go as wide and as as, as specific as you want to talk about the source you talk about something like, like this is the new black some of them repeat themselves but it's like depending on which lens you use for it yeah well it's like I think self-help used to have this kind of connotation of kind of I don't know fluffy affirmations <laughs> like self-help candy flossy kind of stuff but it's like self-development is what we are all here to do I think and it's what we all should be doing all day every day it's like growth if you're not growing you're standing still and what how boring is that like that's that's how we stagnate that's how we just stop enjoying life so it's like self-development is this broad massive broad spectrum because it's mind body spirit right it's like what you're putting in your head what you're putting in your body what you what are you putting out into the world there's of course there's millions of books about this because it's such a such a broad topic I mean most of 
most all the books I would cover would they have a basis in self-esteem yeah because really at its most simple I mean self-help is all about positive change and inspiring positive change and also making self-help a team sport so like that we're all not sitting there geekily reading by ourselves it's like we can learn about ourselves and then we kind of come together to do it but at its most simple I just want people to like themselves more because I feel like if we if we like ourselves more then everything around everything changes and that changes our world and that that will change the world ultimately so um books that I I would focus on in shelf help ultimately come down to part of it will be how you change your self-esteem and from what I'm getting then here as well I'm gonna ask you the hard the difficult question um there's an element of obviously as you say I like that like you know not going for the motion and actually realizing that we want to grow and because as you said as well you had the element of awareness of being like I don't want to be like my job when I my job my boss yeah at my job when I'm 50 I don't want to have their life it's not what I want mm. so there was there's the self-awareness first that kind of switches on and I'm kind of wondering whether again coming back to the self-development uh, world and, and kind of like in community and stuff whether a lot of us are actually becoming much more aware whether we want to have our own business or not yeah of our own mortality there she said bam our own mortality <laughs> but you know the fact that realistically speaking you know you know we need to go beyond just as you say climbing the ladder and stuff like that because we don't know how long we've got we don't know exactly what we're gonna do and we don't know all the answers so it's kind of like almost like a way for us to feel like we are trying to make the most of what we have and it starts from us yeah and i'm kind of wondering whether it's again maybe like i was like a some different decade uh, but my generation has almost always had that when we were like in our mm. early 20s we kind of knew that we had to be, take a bit more ownership because of the especially the economical um situation it was around the economic crisis right yeah when most of us go out of uni we're like what we're gonna do now sure yeah but i'm kind of wondering whether um how have you experienced that with the people that are around you with the people that are in the shelf help community because i think one of the, the problems we have is that we think you know, it's, it's for the founders, it's for the entrepreneurs, it's for the, the, the boss What self-development is. Exactly. Mm. And I've noticed that I don't think it's that case anymore. I think no. everybody's starting to realise that it's not just about wanting to launch your own business. No, no, it's not. It's about, it's about wanting, to, wanting to have a good life, right? I think that's, like, a lot of people, probably my age and younger, definitely older, mm-hmm. um, it was, like, to get on that treadmill, right? It was get on, even though you didn't realise that oh, that's what you were doing. Like, I, I did business at university because, and I was thinking about this today when I was thinking about talking to you, um, and I realised it was not because I loved business, and it wasn't even because I wanted to start my own business. It's because I wanted to get out of where I lived and go to the city. And in my head, it was like, I want a big city job, so I need to go to university and do business. Um, I mean, and then I went to a good university and did a good business course. I remember zero of what I learned, <laughs> <laughs> maybe because I was in the pub a lot as well. But it got me to London, which is which at the time was my focus, right? But then I started, started. I got there on the graduate scheme. I started in a job. I started in an office, and I was just like, just not loving it. So I made a change then when I was about 23, 24. Is when I decided I wanted to start writing because that's mm-hmm. that was when someone. It was an ex-boyfriend at the time just said what do you love doing like what do you love spending your time doing I think I've just moaning about my job <laughs> again one more time right and I was like well I love I love writing but that, that I'll never make a living out of that he's like why don't you try so for me that was Smart. like yeah I had like zero self-awareness even like 10 years ago I had zero self-awareness <laughs> but I just there's different times in my life when I've kind of like you say about 
yeah, being self-aware, I think for loads of us, it's not even, that's like, it's, we're not even there yet. It's more like, I, I don't like where I am. So I just okay, need fine. to get out of that. Like when I left my last job, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I think I'll, I'm sure I'll be all right, you know? And my husband was really cool about it. And he's like, you just need to leave. Um, so as soon as someone else says that to you, you're like, it's almost like giving you permission, right? Yeah. But it was all, but I, I just needed to leave. And so there was no self-awareness of, I just, you know, I just want to be the best version of me and have a great life. It was just like, I just need to not get the Sunday night blues on Friday night, which is what was happening. <laughs> but I'm kind of wondering, and again, I'm saying there was advocate, whether that is still part of the self-awareness. Like, is it, it is. Self-awareness? It's like, you, it's just not, you don't know that's what it is, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you always start from something. So just start like, from something. But lo- for loads of people, it starts from something terrible. Like, that's true, actually. I didn't totally burn out, but I hated my job. And then as a result, I hated my life. Because I, so I, like I said, on a Friday night, I would go out Friday night and I didn't ever want to go home. Not because I didn't want to go home to my amazing husband, but because going home would mean that it was nearly Saturday, nearly Sunday. Oh shit, it's Monday again, back to work. And also equally, that job, I still, I know people who still do that job and love it. It it was not the right job for me. And in my head, I was like, I decided this was my career path, right? And this is what I was going to do. So talking about self-awareness and yeah, kind of understanding what's good for us and maybe what's a good way to spend our time. I just had to move myself out of that. But lots of people, yeah, it might it might be when somebody dies, it might be when they, a, a relationship breaks up, they might be made redundant. It's like usually, for a lot of people, it's a big shock that kind of like shocks them into giving them the kind of, it's like a luxury, isn't it, really, to be able to sit there and, and we, well, we think it's a luxury to be able to say, you know, what do I really want to spend my time doing? Yeah. What do I like some of the books we've done, we did one called Your Dream Life Starts Here, and it's by Christina Carlson, who's, yeah, who yeah, runs Kiki K. Oh, is, okay, that's right, yeah. yeah, that's And fine. she's all about what are your dreams, write them down, and you feel like such a div for like the first time. <laughs> she's like, write down a hundred dreams, like, or like write down things that you would just love to do if you had all the time and all the money in the world. And it's really hard for loads of people. It's really, it was hard for me because you've never thought without limits, because there's always limits on, on our time, isn't there, or our funds, or our or like what people will think of us that's the one like if mm. a great question is what would you do if no if you thought nobody would laugh at you and when you ask people that question it's all kinds of things it's like you know i would like be a stand-up comic or i would be a sports person or i'd be and it's because that that kind of idea of what people think of us is also a, a total limiting belief isn't it so um i think spending a bit of time thinking about your dreams seems like a bit Indulgent seems like almost? maybe seems indulgent or maybe seems like quite fluffy and like the self-help kind of world but actually but actually like if what when if you can't think of anything then surely that's a bit of an alarm bell right or if you think oh that's no, that's that can't happen for me it's like why can't it like everything that i'm learning all these books what they teach us there, there aren't any limits to what we can do that's a good question as well coming back to yours which i really like about when you know nobody will laugh at you because it's important to how people see you and then uh, the question asked to me a couple of years few, few probably five or six years ago actually and it was like if you were given like a million pounds tomorrow mm-hmm. would you still do what you're doing yeah and it was only from things at the time we just started out so yeah. I had different things different parts and I was like I will do this but I will not do this and I will not do this yeah. and so the person was like well then just mm-hmm. you know you know find a way to be able to do this and not do this and not do this because 
you know, mm. at the end of the day, you can. And I think it's just as you say, it's the limitations that we create, and these questions kind of trigger those. One is obviously sometimes financial pressure. The other one is other people's opinion. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it's just finding the way to get out limits. But yeah. what I like about most books that are a lot about self-development and discovering yourself is the questions. Again, yet another thing that I talk about a lot. Yeah. Because they have the power, because we ask our, ourselves questions all the time in our mind mm. and we answer these questions constantly that's the way our brain works yeah and it's but it's being able to ask it's asking the right questions yeah I think. and also it's like it's, and it's when when your brain defaults to which for most of us it will default to the negative or it's the protective way so it's like okay I don't love my job I really want to train to be a yoga teacher and go to Bali it's like but then then your brain straight away be like well, who's going to pay the bills? You know, that's not possible. Or um, everyone's a yoga teacher, you'll never get any work. Or, you know, it's like those kind of negative, that negative chat back yeah. is what most of us have exactly. all the time. And it comes back to that. Yeah. Work so, on yourself awareness. Totally. So. Like, I love the idea of, um, I've just started getting into Lacey Phillips. Have you heard of her? She's um, mm. she's all about manifestation. I've got another level of bringing stuff into your life. But I she, mean, I, I don't know if, I don't know if the source mentions Abram. Hicks. Hicks, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was my best friend. She was like five years ago. Listen, read this, and I was yeah. like, yeah she's more modern she's way more modern okay, but she's a lot about our subconscious and she talks about so she's a bit about um she neuroscience psychology okay. and that our beliefs and what we but it's about manifesting stuff she says and i totally believe this and also the source says this it's kind of like what we believe is possible yeah, yeah and yeah, what I you be- what we that. believe is possible is based on how we grew up how we what we surround ourselves with now, True. right? So she talks about expanders, and expanders are people. Is that in the who, book? Um, she uh, she her whole podcast is called the Expanded Podcast. Oh, okay. um, so check it out if you're into this kind of stuff. But uh, check it out if you're just into being inspired by people, yeah. because she she gets, she asks them about their kind of um, what went wrong that and and how they went from like how they grew up and what their mum did for a job or didn't do for a job and how money was dealt with in their house and how what, um, in the podcast yeah like she'll ask all her guests all these oh, questions that. and um and she and I really like just the idea of because if you grow up in um, a, a situation where money was kind of super tight for you like security is always going to be very important True. so to just kind of follow your heart or follow your curiosity like I say it's like well that that's not that doesn't feel secure to a lot of people right you have to really trust that something good's going to come along you have to trust that there's enough for everybody which is a different kind of mindset so the expect the idea of expanders is just keep surrounding yourself with more and more people who are doing great shit and that do and do trust this and that good stuff's coming in for them so for me my kind of challenge at the moment is taking shelf help to the next level yeah like i've now quit so after being a journalist for full time i then carried on as a freelance journalist but then i, I was also a producer so um, producing photo shoots um, and also events so I, I had like about three jobs at one time mm-hmm. and then shelf help became a hobby became a side hustle two months ago I quit it to do it full-time as a job so yeah but now it's like oh so now I've said it and it's like now I'm it's di- happening yeah. so now it's happening and I need to make it into a business and the opportunities are coming in like I like we get members joining all the time which is amazing and the people want to be part of it and people want to help me so I now need to work out the real vision for it right um and so her take and anyone that's into manifestation is just surround yourself with more people who are doing what you want to be doing so i my expanders should be people who work in well-being who also 
run a great business mm-hmm. and if we're making a massive impact but as good and and running a good business like that's what I need to that's that's the people I want to start bringing into my life more or want to kind of focus on more so you know the problem is that we're all sitting there comparing ourselves to mm-hmm. people I'm not doing that yet but it's a different it's kind of like looking at them and being like impressed by them and wowed by them and like take thinking how can I get there mm-hmm. or what have they got that you know that I might be able to use or remember a big leap yeah yeah so so you know when it talks about uh, up leveling yeah that's literally where this kind of stuff comes up that's kind of what i see it's just taking things to the next level and then when as soon as you're up level which again i'll put the book uh alongside with everything else in the show notes anyway it's a great book it's a great book and i think up leveling really helps when it comes to people actually you know taking different very very straightforward stages to like big projects or a business because that's literally where where all the shit is the fun as soon as you kind of take the next level and like okay because we're doing the similar thing now by the time people listen we're already rebranded mm-hmm. mm. um yeah uh, and it's a massive thing because for us it's a way to go more commercial to go okay. wider yeah. you know to actually live a, like a wider stance with what we do it's a massive thing yeah of course and again come and it brings up so many things as you say yeah like, and then you start unraveling them and you realize it's just not this and this and this and this so yeah, because it, when you like up leveling and all this stuff, the big leap or whatever, what it comes down to is what do you believe you can do it? Exactly. And like, even though, even though I might say, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know I can do it because look, I'm doing all this great stuff. It's like, do I, do I actually feel like what's my value, self value, what's my self worth? And if subconsciously that's still not where it needs to be, then I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to up level as quickly as I could otherwise. Right. So a lot of work on like, yeah, busting those limiting beliefs. Um, improving self-esteem, looking at people who might have done that already and thinking, yeah, I can do it because they did it. I have one more question. Yeah. Just to kind of like round it up. The last question. The most important question. If you had to have brunch with anyone, dead or alive, mm. who would this person be? Well, Lacey Phillips at the moment, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. Well, I'd like a mimosa branch with Oprah. Totally. At one of her many houses. <laughs> like, talk about, like, up-leveling, right? Well, she is a person who lives an amazing <laughs> life. Like, she's, she has no... She unashamedly has a good life. But yeah. she also makes a massive impact on people. True. And is able to contribute a lot because she makes a lot of money, right? Yeah. And she's a really brilliant storyteller. Um, she is working on herself constantly. And she does, at a, a mega level, what I like to do with Shelf Help, which is um, introduce people to ideas. So yeah. Shelf, really, I think I'm a connector. I connect people to ideas and experts and these books. And then they will use that information to like to empower themselves to make changes. So I think she does that on this like super level. So yeah, it'll be amazing to meet her. And have brunch together. Yeah. In one of her mansions. I love that. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for thank being you. here with me today. Thank so you. if people want to find out more about Shelf Help, what's the first board of call? Um, probably come to our website, shelfhelp.club because we're a club <laughs> but everyone can join our club. Um, and then, yeah, so we're like an online and offline book club and community actually we're a global community now so for me the magic really happens at the meetups which is our face-to-face meetups of which by jam we'll have 30 around the world Woo-hoo! which is epic and so we all talk about the same book so it's a new book every two months and that is announced on the website and also through social media awesome. and, and instagram is shelf help 
www.thelovelovers.club as well. And yeah, the Facebook group is a closed group um, with just a few questions to answer if you want to join. But that's a really good place to, if you can't do the face-to-face meetups, to kind of get involved in the chat and um, meet some like, like-minded people. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, dude. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>